Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Decluttering Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kirsty Frugia from Feels Like Home Professional Organisers. And I'm Amy Ravel from Simply Organised. We can't wait to share with you all our tips and tricks to help you declutter and keep your home and family organised. If you'd like to engage with the podcast further, you can find us at The Art of Decluttering on Facebook. Let's get started. joined us for episode 63 of The Art of Decluttering. Today we'll be talking about decluttering and organising your sentimental papers. So thank you so much to Faith Osvort. We're sorry if we have, if I have mistaken how you pronounce your last name, but thank you so much, Faith. This is going to be an awesome topic. And I think it's really good, Faith, that you picked sentimental papers apart from just the paperwork one we've done before. Because paperwork can be bills and, you know, like kind of phone bills and school notices and tax returns. Like, I'm not particularly sentimental about any of those things. No, but, you are not. Oh, Kirst. Hush. <laughs> no. But today we're going to talk... to be sentimental about bills. I'm probably more sentimental about my tax return than I am about my like, birth certificate. So I'm possibly odd. Today we're going to talk about birth, marriage and death certificates, kids' artwork, cards and letters and how you can kind of process, declutter, organise, remember remember (laughs) those things. But first, we've got a listener review that we'd like to read out to you. Yeah, we got this beautiful email from Catherine from Bristol, all the way from Bristol, the UK. Thanks, Catherine. I know, it's so exciting. She said, just wanted to say how much I love the podcast. I listen when I tidy the house. We're renting at the moment, so everything is a little makeshift, but soon we'll be moving into our own home and your tips will come in handy. So, so handy. I have a couple of episode requests to add to the list if you'll indulge me. Pets, which is great because we've just Done just one. done pets a few weeks ago. Bedsides. I've added that to the list. Excellent. And makeup. Huh. Coming up in a, maybe three weeks. Yeah. Coming up very soon, Catherine. You won't have to wait very long. So thank you so much, Catherine, from your beautiful email. We love receiving emails from people. It makes our days. It does. It just brightens us up and reminds us why we do what we do. It's not just to hear the sound of our lovely voices, but because we get to see transformation and hear of the changes that you're making, whether we're just there to encourage you while you do your housework or whether you're on a decluttering binge and we get to come along with you. We love it. So birth, death, marriage certificates. 
They're expensive, aren't they? They are. They're not. I don't think you have to pay to get them. They're just really expensive to replace. Replace. So it is really important to know where they are mm-hmm. and find and be able to find them at a drop of a hat. If some, if you suddenly decide that you're going to fly to Fiji in two weeks' time, you want to be able to get your passport. Yeah, you want to have your passport. You want to have your marriage certificate. Um, you want to have. So even if you want to apply for some things, you need to have those as your core identity papers yes because kind of everything points. else comes from those yes if you don't have a birth certificate how do we know that you are you and some of you if you're listening and you perhaps were born overseas you may not have a birth certificate but when you come to australia they'll issue you with your um identity papers and you want to keep those with these. So where do you keep yours, Curse? If I said to you, all right, you've got a minute and a half, and I want you to come back with the four birth certificates for the four people in your family. I want you to come back with your marriage certificate. And if you've got passports, I want you to come back with those two. Would you be able to do that? Yes, I would. Awesome. So we keep our birth and marriage certificates in our paperwork folder that is our current year folder. So the way that I do it is I've got one folder per year, And in there, I put any paperwork, any medical forms at the start of the folder. So anything that's current for that year and that we need to be able to access, um, like, you know, your mortgage papers and that kind of thing. When you've had your car serviced, that all goes in there. But then at the back of that same folder is a section called important documents. Awesome. And so for us, the back of the folder stays every year as I change over the financial year, the back of the folder stays exactly the same and all the important documents are there. Great. And we don't have passports anymore that expired. Mm. That's how long it's been. We haven't been overseas since 2005. Yeah, we had to get our passports renewed last year to go on our cruise. Yeah. So My kids have never been overseas. My we were one day. been on a boat overseas. Yeah. <laughs> They've been to Vanuatu. Yeah, that's totally And New Caledonia. They're yeah. very excited. Yeah. But I forget. That they have, because I just presume it was kind of on a boat. It was on a boat from Australia. Yeah, yeah. It's different from hopping on a plane. Correct. And and because we're only in the countries for like a couple of hours. Oh yeah. Like it's different from spending whole two weeks in Thailand or Fiji or whatever. Anyway, I'm not sure if you know birth, death, marriage certificates really are sentimental. I mean, they're very sentimental. But I wonder if... You're not keeping them out of sentimentality. You're keeping them out of necessity. necessity. Yeah. But what we're saying is it's really important to know where they are. Yes. So I would suggest you don't want them um, lost amongst all your other important papers. You actually want them all together. So keep all the birth certificates for people in your home together, um, including a marriage certificate. And keep those, even if it's in a plastic sleeve, somewhere important. So you can grab them really quickly and have them somewhere that you would think to look for them. Yes. Don't necessarily hide them in the body, bottom of your sock drawer. Unless that's where you think to look for them. Yeah. And the other thing to think about with the birth, death and marriages is citizenship papers. Because lots of yes. clients that I've worked with still have them rolled up in a tube. Yes. And so, but they then get put at the back of the spare room cupboard. And you don't know if that's a photo that you still haven't got around to hanging or if it, or if it's your, you know, Debbie Gibson photo, like poster from 1988, <laughs> or if it is your citizenship papers yes. or your, you know, wedding certificate, marriage certificate. So it is really important to have them easily accessible. Have you ever um, decluttered somebody's home and they've gone, ah, 
Oh, we've been looking for this birth certificate yes. for years. Yes, and more so passports. Yes. So I was working with a lovely client in her home office and we discovered a box that was just looked like stuff had been like swept Random. off a desk. Yeah. Um, and I was like, we should go through this. She's like, oh, I'm too tired. I was like, let's just go through it and then the session will be done. And at the bottom of it, we found the whole family's passports. But two weeks earlier, they had reapplied for and had to pay for four new passports. Which is like a thousand bucks. Yep. And she was like, oh, if I just kept my office clean, then I would have known where they are. So it's a good reminder that keeping yourself decluttered and organized does in the end save you money on things like that. Not only had she spent hours looking for them, Mm -hmm. but she spent $1,000 replacing them. And so I know that people do this often, and it's totally fine, is to do that big sweep of a desk or a table. Like, look, in an ideal world, you would keep your house decluttered and tidy all the time. I've sweep. Have you done the sweep? Um, no, I haven't. But you've seen but others do it. lots of yes. people Agreed. do. Agreed. Yep. So if you are a sweeping type of family, if you're still on your journey to getting your house um, decluttered, then when you do that sweep, if you're sweeping passports, don't sweep the passports. <laughs> if you're doing it like, and encourage other family members that, you know, if you're in a rush, if you've just invited people back to your home and then you go, what? They're coming over in 10 minutes and this house looks like a bomb's got up in it. And you get hand out laundry baskets and everybody does a sweep. If that's your thing, (laughs) tell all your family members that if they see passports to sweep into the basket, don't. Leave them on the bench or the desk. (laughs) Put them back where they belong. Yeah. Find a home for them. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just so you can have grace with your... I like it. So we've got those are the kind of your essentials, but let's talk about some things that actually are sentimental, like maybe your kids' artwork or your grandkids' artwork that they bring home or they send to you. What do you do with that? Like, do you keep everything? Well, we have done a whole episode on kids' artwork, and that's number nine of our episodes. So go back and listen to that because we go into great detail about this topic but just to highlight some of the things that we had we did say in that episode we really encourage you to curate it as you go and get them to help you to curate it um, so that you're not giving them a box when they turn 25 and finally move out of home (laughs) you're not actually giving them a whole household of stuff and and as you said if it's your grandchildren (laughs) depends on how good the artwork is really (laughs) Gold. Gold. (laughs) Um, And also think about the fact that if you're a grandparent and you're keeping loads of stuff that your grandchildren have made for you, when your time comes to pass, then you are actually giving it back to your children and your grandchildren and they have to do the curating then. So let's be thoughtful and intentional about what we keep and maybe put them up on the fridge if that's your thing for a week or two and then wait for the new parcel to arrive from your grandchildren (laughs) and then replace replace them (laughs) my kids um have an underbed storage for their artwork and so what so the difference i want to make is the sentimental papers for you as the adult versus what the kids feel sentimental about Mm. so my kids have a box under their bed that is basically their domain they're in charge of it. They put whatever they like in it and they curate it. 
and the only rule that we have is the lid must close. And so they get to keep whatever they feel sentimental about. Some of it I just look at and think, are you kidding? But they put it in and they're happy with it. Other things they would quite happily chuck out, but I'm sentimental about. So I don't make them put that in their sentimental box. I put it in mine. Yours. Yeah. So, or I frame it. We've got some Ikea frames up in our hallway. Um, and if anyone's ever over at our house, you'll see that a few of those have kids' artwork in it because it was so good that I'm, I'm actually going to display that. Um, otherwise, it goes in my special box because I'm the one that's sentimental about it. I think with sentimental things, you can't force your sentimentality onto other people. You can't say, well, I'm sentimental about this thing, so so should you. Yeah, I think that becomes really um, challenging to the growing child that they feel an obligation to keep things and they might, and you're passing on guilt potentially to that, that child about keeping something just because you, as somebody else, cares about it. Um, so just be careful and um, we just want to encourage you to be careful and gentle with your children and if you are the one who's sentimental about it then you keep it and don't make them put it in their sentimental box mm. put it in your sentimental box and I recommend whenever I go to clients is every member of the family can have not should have but it's helpful to have a sentimental box and the size of that can vary greatly between yes. different family members or different families. But it is somewhere that you can keep stuff that's important to you that doesn't have to clog up a drawer or be on the fridge or be on display, but are things that you want to keep. Like we're going to talk about cards next. Yes. So we would suggest not keeping every single card that anyone has ever written to you. <laughs> Particularly if it just says, Dear Amy, happy birthday, love Kirsty. Or when you're in primary school, you know when you used to write Christmas cards to every kid in your class? Yeah. And then you would get a Christmas card back from every kid in your class? Yeah. Some people keep those. You don't need to. No. You have permission to let go of whatever you want. You have permission to put them all in your special box. Yes, you have permission. But you to also keep. have to curate that when it gets too big. <laughs> and you also have to think about the legacy that you're leaving people. Somebody's got to look through that sentimental box at one at some stage in hopefully the very, very, very distant future. So think about how are they going to know who what is special to you and what was actually really truly sentimental and what was truly um, significant and important to you if you've kept every single card that you've ever gotten ever like who who was little Joni from grade two do you remember her mm. I don't yeah, and even um, when our kids were born, we kept all the birth welcomes, like the cards that people yes. give you, and we kept those for about 10 years, and then I went through them maybe six months ago and just kept the ones from my parents, Cal's parents, and my grandma. Yeah. Because I went, like, they're beautiful, and I enjoyed reading back over them, but I couldn't foresee that in the future I would need to do that again. No, and... A lot of people that were in our lives at the time of birth are not necessarily in your close circle of influence now, are they? Yeah. So then the kids are like, well, I, who is that? Who's Amy and Cal? I don't know who Amy yeah. and Cal are. And so when they get it, when they're 25 and they're moving out of home or when they're 55 because they've never seen that box because you've kept it at your house and they're like, oh, this is so awesome. I've got this 
box of curated stuff, but I still don't know who Amy and Cal are. <laughs> like, yeah. And they've written a beautiful card to me at my birth, but I never knew them. But it's not sentimental to yeah. you then. <laughs> so I think it's um really important to be thoughtful and intentional and give yourself time. Definitely give yourself that space that you need to. Like, don't necessarily... Don't necessarily have to get rid of all the birth cards the day that you bring your child home. <laughs> no, but can I make a confession, Kirsty? Yes. It was my again. birthday four days ago. It was. Happy birthday. Thank you. This is now, it's like a Father's Day weekend now, so we're talking <laughs> three months ago. But um, I received some beautiful cards that had beautiful messages in them. I put them up, so we have a bit of a family tradition where as you get birthday cards, they sit on our bench top yep. um, and then usually it's like a week later you reread them and then you recycle them this year 24 hours and I was, I was just like feeling like the house you know when you go through seasons where you feel like the house is just closing in on you closing in on you yep. not for any particular reason other than it's just been very busy lately and, and you've been had a sick child you've got cabin fever you've been yeah. staying in your house a lot correct <laughs> and so 24 hours later i did the reread and the chuck <laughs> but they still meant a lot to me and i can still remember who they were from and but i didn't need that visual clutter in my house so yeah. thank you to anyone who sends me a card i love it i just may not keep it for particularly long yeah so we just want to like question whether or not you really do need to keep every single one of them and certainly keep ones that are really beautiful that speak to your heart and say beautiful things about you or your friendship or your relationship with that person and if that is sentimental to you and you're going to look back on it when you're 85 and go oh that's so precious I really thank you so much Amy for sending me a beautiful card when I turned 41 <laughs> then that's that's awesome. We just want you to start questioning what, why, why you're keeping it. Why, yeah. what, um, what emotions do the cards bring out in you? Like, is it making you reminisce about a beautiful friendship that you had in the past? Or does it make you cringe when you read a card that an ex-boyfriend gave yeah. you? Like, ugh. Curate them for a reason. Yeah. So I, my husband and I are card writers and we love just randomly writing each other cards and he keeps all of them because he's a words person. Mm -hmm. Words mean a lot to Cal. And so to him, like a card is really hitting that love spot. Whereas I'm not necessarily a words person, so I'll read them and I do keep a lot of them, but I don't keep all of them. And that doesn't mean that I appreciate it any less. It's just understanding how you work and being okay with different people being different. Yes. So if you've got a kid who is uh, loves words of encouragement, then be okay with them keeping heaps of their cards. And if you're a words of encouragement person and people have written really beautiful, thoughtful cards to you, then by all means keep them. We're not telling you to get rid of everything. But be okay and gracious with other people and particularly your kids if they're not if they don't want to keep every card and also get them to start questioning why it is they need to if they are wanting to keep every single card maybe um get them to listen to this episode too and encourage them to be thoughtful and intentional about why they want to keep every card more from us in just a few minutes 
Don't forget to visit our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au and sign up for our bonus episode that is not so secret anymore. We've done episodes on linen cupboards, sentimental items, media, baby supplies, donations, weddings and so many more. So if you're new to the art of decluttering, you'll find loads of great tips like this one from the episode we did on crafts and hobbies. What I'm saying is the kind of supplies we used to make jewellery back then is completely different to the type of jewellery people wear now. Yes. And so you can still have the same hobby, but the products that you use could completely evolve over time. Yes. And so that's why it's really good to ask, is this still me? And, and equally so, is this still a passion of mine? Like, am I still passionate about this hobby? Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. to the podcast for so many more tips and tricks. Do you know what my mum used to do? And I think a lot of people used to do this back in the 80s, is she would get an art book, like a sketchbook, mm. and every single card we ever got would go, we'd get pasted into the book and written next to it would be like the gift that you got. Yeah. So it would say like Amy's birth and then all these cards are pasted in there and like pink teddy, blanket, and then first birthday, second birthday, third birthday, fourth and all the way through. And so when I moved out from home, mum gave me all these card books. Um, and I felt like, well, she's done this for so long. I feel like I should continue that. And then I thought, but I don't want to. That's not my thing. Um, I don't want to have room for that. I don't want to make time for that. I just want to enjoy the cards and then respectfully let them go. And it was quite a big thing for me to let go of those card books. I think it probably took three or four years after I moved out of home to go, I haven't looked at them. I don't want to look at them. I've got no interest in them. And so I finally let them go. So if your children are getting older and you are a person that has scrapbooked every card, be okay with that and enjoy the fact that you've enjoyed doing it. But don't do it out of guilt and don't continue it out of guilt. Yeah, I was just going to say, do you want to unpack how you how you let go of the guilt associated with your mum doing that? Like how did you... How did you process that? I think it's, for me, it was appreciating that it was done in love mm -hmm. and that it was done with enjoyment. It wasn't done out of, 
obligation or guilt and then just being okay with the fact that I didn't have to continue that. And so there was certainly no pressure for me to either. So that, I think, is made it easier. There was no mum saying, well, here's how it's done and this is what you do. Whereas there are other traditions that we have continued. So my mum always used to write in the Woman's Weekly Cookbook what cakes we had for our different birthdays. And that is a tradition we've continued on. But again, no pressure to continue that, but I love it. So there's always going to be family traditions that sometimes you don't pass on, even when a lot of work's been put in, and others that just resonate with you. And how would you encourage other people to work on their own um, decisions and their own traditions if there is guilt passed on by loved ones that you should do this like this is the right thing to do like you should be keeping every card you should be keeping that scrapbook even though your mum didn't do that how would Mm. you approach somebody who felt that guilt pressure from their parents I think it's important to um, unpack that and kind of establish the relationship if there are other if the relationship is a really healthy one maybe you can say hey mum thank you so much for doing that. It's not something I want to continue doing. Do you want me to give you all my cards and you want to continue doing it? Like maybe then there's still that joy for them, but maybe you just say, it's not something I want to do. Do you want these back or are you okay if I get rid of them? Like I think open conversation, if that is not going to go well and you're thinking this is going to be like World War Three written out of the will, put them at the top of your cupboard and just let it be until the time comes that you're able to let those go without having that conflict. Excellent. Great advice, Amy. Sorry for throwing you under the bus there. <laughs> Lucky we do this for our jobs, Kirst. Yes. Okay. Letters. Oh, I was a, were you a letter writer in high school? Yes. I was an av, like le- multiple letters per day. There were three of us that were besties in high school and we would write each other letters every single day. And why weren't we paying attention in class? Oh, we would write them at home. (laughs) We would write them at lunchtime. Like, and some of them were hysterical and we would keep them all and they weren't always on paper. So we would get really creative. So we would like write each other letters on old t-shirts and we would write each other letters on bus tickets. Like we, (laughs) it was so much fun. Um, and I kept all of them. Like we're talking probably thousands mm-hmm. in a big box that moved with me one, two, three, four, five, seven houses. Wow. Are they still in your home currently? They are not. Ooh. So when we were doing a wardrobe declutter a couple of years ago, I came across the box and I thought, I'm going to go through these and I'm going to enjoy them. And I read through about 20 or 30 and then I was like, they're all the same. <laughs> they are all the same. They're like, you're the best. We'll be soul sisters forever. <laughs> and then we talked about our boyfriends and we talked about what music we were listening to in every single, single letter. letter. <laughs> and so I did not read all of them. I chucked a lot. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Or not awesome. <laughs> Tell me, have you still got high school letters? I do have some high school letters. My yep. parents gave me a box a couple of years ago, and that was at Christmas. And not like we had traveled down from Sydney, and they gave me this box, and we were staying in an apartment. And it was, I distinctly remember it was one of those nights when it was Christmas Eve that I went through the box, yep. and I was up late 
uh, for purposes of needing to stay up late on Christmas Eve. As parents do. And Oliver was refusing to go to sleep. As children do. As children do. So I was waiting for him to fall asleep so I was looking through this box and there was some stuff I let go of and other stuff I was like I'm not in the right headspace to make decisions about this Mm, right now I will go through it another time and that time has yet to come (laughs) that time hopefully by the time this episode airs it will have come yeah and I'd love to like hop on Facebook this week and tell you all how it went because I'm intending on going home from this recording and going through some of those sentimental boxes I because I do have letters like that too and I would love to reminisce about that time yeah and then be thoughtful about what I actually need to keep and um, what I don't need to keep I think it's um I think it's really fun for children to go through this stuff when they're adults like I would love to read some of the letters that my parents have written to each other uh-huh. um, and see, get a glimpse into the life of my mum at 16. So I don't advocate getting rid of everything necessarily uh-huh. because I think that I'm curious about my mum and and dad and I hope that my children would be curious yeah. about, my mom and, about their mum and dad too. And particularly if... Um, something untoward happened Mm. and they you know I didn't get to speak to them when they were 16 (laughs) I know I'm about to cry that's awful (laughs) but a reality as well yeah and oh Ryan I really am crying already that's a really full-on thing to but yes you're right Kirst like that yeah that (sighs) we don't have tissues in the studio sorry you're gonna have to use your scarf (laughs) And that's not to say that I would keep every single... I I don't need to keep every single thing for the unlikely eventuality. (laughs) Like Correct. That's not necessarily going to happen. That's not your motivation. No, no, not at all. But it is... I I am more sentimental than you. Yes, uh, (laughs) definitely. I do not want to get rid of absolutely everything. Yeah. Because I also want to be able to speak into my children's lives mm. when they get to teenage years yeah, and be I've able to there. go, hey, dude, this is not only do I remember what it was like to be your age, yeah. but look, here is the 16-year-old me. Yeah. Like, this is this this is this is not just me being empathetic yeah. and pretending I know what it's like. Check these Actually letters out. No. <laughs> and I found when I read through the letters from high school, my memories were better than the reality. So I actually read through yes. them and was like, wow, they were not, I was not as happy as I remember that I was. Yes. And so it wasn't, it wasn't nice. Like it, I actually, I prefer my version of events. <laughs> yes. And that's where it's, that's where it's good to actually sit down and go, do I need this? Is it bringing up, what emotions is this bringing up for me? Mm, Am I right. reminded of a really sucky time in my life? Then... <laughs> And I think it's fair to say when it comes to ex-partners, ex-boyfriends, ex-husbands that, so let's talk if you don't have children with that person, my personal opinion is it's healthy to to let that go and let that season go. Yes. Um, If you do have children with the person, I think there's an argument to be made that your children might like to be reminded of your partnership and the love that was shared in creating them. Yes. Um, so I think that there are two kind of different 
scenarios. Scenarios in that. And I do, and I do, yeah, I just want to say that I do think that people need to be intentional and thoughtful about what they do keep. Your kids probably aren't going to read every single love letter that you wrote to their father or mother. They're not necessarily, and you know, they may not be sentimental. So I might be keeping things Mm. for my children and they get to this box and they're like, I don't care what mum's life was like at 16. Like, (laughs) I don't care. So, and they might care. So it is about balancing what space do I have in my home to keep this? Is this impeding on everyday life? Is this taking up valuable real estate in my home where something that I do need access to every day just can't live because I've got 15 boxes of sentimental items? Yeah, and look, my house is not very big and doesn't – sorry, the house is not small, but the the storage Storage. space in it is. And so you've got it. So one thing I have kept is every letter that my grandma has written me. Yeah. So she's 93 – And she has written me the most beautiful, encouraging. um, She's written me letters when my kids have been in hospital, like praying for them. Like she's gorgeous. She now has dementia and she wouldn't do that anymore. And so they're really special to me. So even though I don't keep other things, the stuff from her in particular, I have kept. Yes. And I know people, I work with clients and they say, oh, I'm keeping this card because it might be the last card I get from that person and so then I'm like that's really beautiful and you should totally do that so why don't we get rid of last year's card from that person and the last ones from the last five years like all of the rest of them like do you need every single card from grandma Mm -hmm. that just says dear Amy love grandma in scrawly gorgeous writing yeah that's right like if she's still around if you've already got this year's card or letter. Yeah. Like you don't necessarily have to keep everything. So tell us a story, Kirst. You were telling me that you got some letters or your parents got some letters yes. returned to them. Explain that story for me. Thank you for reminding me. Um, I was down, I think I was down at Easter um, and recently I've been down and my parents showed me a letter that they got that they had sent when we lived in Papua New Guinea in 1987 to 89. That's And it was actually from 1987 because we were just settling into life in, in Port Moresby. And they'd written letters to friends back home and they'd written like mass letters and then written, handwritten, you know, like, oh, we wow. hope your family's well and this is what we want to tell you your family, specifically yes. about us. But they and they went through each child. I'm one of five children, and they were like, "This is how Kirsty's going. This is how Jackie's going. This is how Larissa's going." And and it was mostly about how mum and dad are going, settling into life in Papua New Guinea. And it was really interesting read. And I was really this family had kept it, and obviously had it decluttered it straight away, (laughs) (laughs) and had given it back to my parents over 30 years later and it was really interesting to read it because I don't have any I don't have clear distinct memories Mm. of the time of moving and settling in like I remember I was like I was 10 11 and 12 when we lived there so I have um, clear memories of Papua New Guinea but not clear memories of the early days of settling in so it was really really lovely to read it and it was really fascinating because it was a re- my mum and dad had written really quite detailed daily mm. life like 
That's lovely. So it was really beautiful. So I'm really thankful for that family for keeping that letter and giving it back to us. And so that, I think that's what, um, when I was talking about um, keeping stuff for future generations, I think that that's um, really good because we don't have... It's like, part of your history. And also, like, these days we just send things by SMS and email and we're not necessarily, like, I'm not sure if Simon could get into my Gmail account. <laughs> like, and, and you probably don't write as intentionally. No. It's more functional. No, I remember when I went traveling when I was 21, um, I'd wrote led emails back to everybody and, and they were quite detailed <laughs> monologues. As a 21-year-old <laughs> yes. does. But they were very like, this is what I did. And, like, and I wish I had access to that email account still because I would love because I am sentimental in that way and because it is like a journal type yes. thing I would be really can interested. Can you not access it? I could have no idea what that I know what the name of the Hotmail account is but it was years ago and I haven't accessed it for years and years and they're probably it's still somewhere in the ether yeah. but like I'm like oh I wish yeah, I could. It was easy to just grab and. Yeah and so I think that's yeah, sure. Like museums in 40, 50 years time are going to be able to show what life was like in the 1980s and 90s and 2000s but, and going forward. But I'm like, I think there's something um, different about having a tangible thing. Yeah, and, and a personal. Seeing, yeah, and personal. So I'm, I don't want to chuck the baby out with the bathwater. Yep. That's not what we're saying here. No. But I do want to be thoughtful and intentional like if um, our friends had kept every letter I think it would have been overwhelming for me to sit down and read not as special yeah and I would have been like oh this is really interesting but it's the same old same old yeah. <laughs> like, it's really similar and but the one was but really one precious. was really special so I um yeah I think that's my my um my takeaway from thinking about sentimental papers is definitely keep stuff and keep uh, keep things but if you've got like you did with your friends if you've got m thousands of letters that all basically say the same thing <laughs> either don't keep any of them like you did because it actually made you remember that <laughs> life wasn't as peachy as you thought it was <laughs> or just keep one and remember yeah. that friendship circle by just having one yeah well, I hope this has been really helpful for you. Um, if you love this week's episode and you want to hear some secret confessions of professional organisers, you can jump onto our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au, and you can download our secret podcast. So if you haven't listened to that yet and you've been binging, there's an extra episode just waiting for you to get your teeth into. We have loved speaking about some central papers and we hope that you have enjoyed the episode too and we can't wait to spend time with you next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, do a friend a favour and share this episode so they too can learn the art of decluttering. You can find me, Amy, over at simplyorganised.net or on Facebook as Simply Organised PO. You can find me, Kirsty, over at feelslikehome.net.au or on Facebook as Feels Like Home PO. 
don't forget, you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you love what you hear, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes. We hope you've enjoyed listening and that you've learned some tips to help you declutter and keep your home organised. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.